Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us for Married at First Sight. We made it. Reunion part one, six months after the first episode of season 16. We are here. We're probably going to be one to two days short of this being a seven month season. Yeah. Well, if we count a little bit in December, it is a seven month season. Seven months. Yeah. If you count like the matchmaking specials as well, anything like that, too much. I love it though. We're still here. We're do you still love here. it? <laughs> I, I do. I do love it. I think the reunions are, well, clearly they're saving the better segments for part two, mm-hmm. but I do enjoy the reunions. I think it's a little, a little lost just because we had the what are they doing now episodes or what do they do after decision day, which usually we don't get that. We just get the decision day, then the reunion. So there's a lot more to be surprised by. I wish we got kind of the end a few episodes swapped. So we had reunion immediately and then like the where are they now and all of these other episodes and the other cast members giving their two cents so that people like me, if they want to watch them or not. Not agree. And it also gives everyone on the show more time or there's just more development after decision day. There's more to talk about. And as we found out, some people are in relationships, which is incredible, but you don't see that when they immediately show you what are they doing now? Cause it's only been a week or two since decision day. And also the people they're dating quote your fingers or go on a date with are like people from the matchmaking special. Like it's not even organic, true storylines. Whereas what we saw in this episode is the folks that are dating someone, it seems like these are concrete relationships. Mm -hmm. More than one date, at least. So overall thoughts on the reunion. For part one, I think we didn't get, we got very little surprises. Yes. I didn't enjoy that we didn't get much surprises. There were a lot of clips of things we've already seen and experienced. And then we have random guests to give their two cents. I think a little bit about the scenes where it says never before seen footage. In the back of my mind, I'm thinking, well, there's a reason we haven't seen this because it's not worthwhile. Mm -hmm. But I do like from Eris perspective where you were always a fan of Eris and just his personality and how he always had some random shit. I do like that it was confirmed that he says... Honestly, sometimes I'm just really tired and I just say some (laughs) random crap because I'm over it. Yeah, just off the wall. Off the wall. And I could see that. And a little bit of it makes more sense. I just, it's a bummer that when he did do that, it's sort of putting the pastor's daughter in a really weird situation. Yeah. Another thing I was kind of surprised by is the reunion opened up with a segment with everyone. And the first question was kind of like, How have you been? How have things changed? Like, what is your experience essentially now that you've been on TV? And everyone kind of was surprised by getting noticed and people having opinions. But I mean, this is a major show. Did people not really like consider it? If you think about it, a lot of us sitting here at home in our couch watching this show. Well, there's a lot of us, right? Part part of us in a relationship. Some people are married. Some people are single. Now, the ones that are single, I'm curious that are essentially I'm talking like diehard fans. Like they're tuning in every season, watching every episode. How many of them would really sign up for this show? It almost seems like you have to be sort of, yeah, I heard about this show, but I'm not like super ingrained in it. 
And so they sort of don't know all the negatives. I mean, positives and negatives that could come from being on this show. So they do take that leap to sign up for it. Whereas we put ourselves in our pretend bubble of you and I are single. There's probably no way in hell we're signing up for this no. show. If we're diehard fans are <laughs> like, this show is a shit show and no one work. It, it's very, very rare that it even works out. So why would you go through this process? I just feel like on this day and age, like you can no longer say like you're surprised by how TV works or people recognizing you or the backlash of creative editing. Like everyone knows that these storylines are whatever people want it to be. It's not your truth. I see what you mean. Like nowadays information is so accessible. Even if you're, uh, let's say you're, dating someone or you match with someone the first thing you probably do is punch their name into the googles and look up like linkedin's facebook pages whatever information you can and be like is this person a psycho or is this person a killer (laughs) am i a creep that i do that with people that piss me off over email from other companies i'm like i need to see this person's face and then i'm like your personality matches (laughs) yeah i wonder if in this case it was just a way for them to be sort of humble by all the attention they do get because in a way they're sort of built some kind of celebrity yeah for only a couple weeks that denver season is going to come quick how long is that break before the denver season i have been ignoring it it might be out but i don't even want to know like let me enjoy my little time between seasons (laughs) i'll take anything So we start off with everyone on the couch together and we find out that people are offering dom Money for photos. Topless photos. People, stop. Leave this woman alone. People are also telling Jasmine that Gil is her match. I'm honest. I I like Gil. I'm a fan of Gil. Some people are uh, not the biggest fans of Gil. I think with with our section with Alter Call, they also mentioned that they're not the biggest Gil fans. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm okay with Gil, and I don't really... After I got his view on the season, I didn't really follow any aftermath. I think that's where kind of his downfall went is the Mm. aftermath. (laughs) But it is weird that Gil is sort of coming up with multiple cast members. Well, he was not here for Dom. (laughs) So I'm wondering if he would be more interested in Jasmine. But it's almost like, folks, we can't just mention Gil anytime some woman is in need of a man and like Gil's our default answer like I think because Gil had a really good image on the show and he was like a nice guy not in the weird nice guy way and an actual like he's a decent guy so I think when you get like a decent girl you're like hey maybe a good match something that I wish was brought up more it was hinted at a little bit in some segments where after going through this process, now I'm I'm double sure I want to be married. Like I I am, it has convinced me that I am ready for marriage. Yes. But they didn't go too deep into like what did you learn about yourself? Like did yeah. you did you have things that you needed to work on or you didn't know you needed to work on? And now that you've gone through this experiment, it is it was so in your face of this is why it hasn't worked for me before. And I learned that I need to fix these things. Now, it seems like Shaq, in his case, he got some therapy. Mm, but I, mm, right, well, <laughs> I, we'll save it. Not knocking someone on therapy. But <laughs> no, 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 not that part. But I wanted to see more of what did you learn now that you've been through this experience yeah. that can 
prepare you better for hopefully your future marriage. I was hoping to hear that specifically with a couple people that were like so confident in themselves. Like, oh, it was just the person I was matched with almost. Like, I am great. Mm. And I'm just thinking like, did you learn anything? Did you take anything from this? I can definitely guess who you're talking about. (laughs) I was very loud about my opinions yesterday on that person. And I know, you know, just say it. Oh, it's Gina. Thank you. For sure. I mean, it's it's too easy. It's too easy to spot. We also found out that Clint does not live in the same building and has moved into a building with Chris and Nicole. Not with them. I mean, in the same building. And he has cooked for them because he's a wonderful neighbor. We found this out before, but they talked about it again, that Mac has moved home to Michigan and he has his own basement now. I don't like that we keep like this is kind of the first taste of them repeating topics. So we talk about him moving back home, how Dom is not surprised, how, you know, Mac is still trying to convince us that that was not the plan, that if this worked out, he would have stayed in Nashville. We bring up Dom's puppy and it's the same thing. Like the same storyline. We know Max pissed. We see the clip again. But I do think that's the first time that Dom saw it because she was not happy. Dom is interesting to me on this reunion because in the, the group sessions, if anyone rewatches this, she is so quiet. Like everyone is talking and you just see Dom. She's either saving her words for her own segment, but she's patiently just sitting there, just not even contributing to the conversation that's at hand. I wish, and I'm sure we'll get to it in her own segment, but she didn't give us much to go on of like, what have you been up to versus Mm -hmm. just work and taking care of your dog. My theory on that is she got kind of rocked by the negativity of her portion of the show. And now she's like, I'm not going to give anyone anything to have an opinion about. I guess. So she's in almost protect myself. I am just here. So I won't get fined. I was joking, like, Dom's here just to get paid. Yeah, good for her. Because right now, she's not giving us anything. (laughs) Unless someone's directly speaking to her, she does not have an opinion. So, like, the more we talk and see Mac, the more I realize that, like, I don't know, what did I used to call him? Like, a sneaky snake? Like, he's kind of an interesting guy. And it's so funny when Dom, they show the scene of the dog and Dom getting the dog. And she kind of confronts Mac and Max just like really abruptly says, yeah, again, that's what I said. I'm in the wrong here. And I was just like, oh, get out of here. <laughs> I did find it a bit fascinating of how fast. Well, OK, I'll step back here. Mac went from I'm moving city to city to try to hop on maps. Mm-hmm. I got denied in San Diego. Now I'm going to Nashville to get on this one. I got on the show. I'm tent moving with my friend. Things didn't work out. It was amazing how fast after going through all of that, he moved back home, got a new job, got a house. Like that's incredible that you could do that so quickly. I think because the, I mean, there were no roots in Nashville. There was nothing holding him there. So he could bounce so fast. But even as think of yourself as like a bachelor, okay, you got this new gig, you got your own house. Like, you're doing fantastic. You would think you could find someone that would be interested in that. Well, I mean, we don't know if he... I mean, he's dating. I don't I don't think he's just, like, committed to someone, though. Now, now that you just said that, I'm curious. And again, this could be with a lot of folks on the show, just because whatever they've done in the past hasn't worked out. I'm curious if Mac 
usually goes for people that aren't ready to settle down. And I'm questioning if even Mac is really ready to settle down. Mm, I don't know. I, I, I can't I, even I don't make a get, call on I don't get the, I want to be a husband, raise a family, get my, like, I don't get that vibe from Mac. No, the only vibe I get is like, I am here to try to date married women. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. Okay. <laughs> It took me a sec to process. <laughs> <laughs> Threw you off there. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> we move on to Clit and Gina, and we talk about, what did we call it? Slendergate. We get the clip of him saying that he usually dates slender women, athletic women, and then the following argument by VC. Very romantic. Gina said it was hard that Clint personally commented on her weight. Eh, no. He did not. That's not what happened. And yet again, we do not talk about Gina's insults that possibly fueled this entire situation and the fact that she did not have to apologize even once privately or on camera. So you can just say what you want, insult people left and right, and it's okay. I wonder if behind the scenes they mentioned, or Gina mentions, I am not going to be talking about any words of calling anyone ginger. She shouldn't have that power. Because that happened. That's crap. Then we kind of get a recap of Jasmine and the Felina incidents throughout the season. We see the never before seen clip with Eris kind of asking Jasmine if she's intimidated by Felina, that she has come back home. It looks like she's worked a 16 hour shift. She's tired. She's looking rough, which is rude. Don't say that. And then accuses her of being intimidated. Eris says, I like strong people, people that can hold their own. Gross. Everyone agrees that this was not appropriate and that he should have defended his wife. But Matt comes in a little too hot. Defends Eris and Jasmine quickly shut that down. I like the amount of time we spent on this segment because, and Eris tried to downplay it like, this whole thing of her on the show was like a whole two-day thing. I'm like, even if it was a two-day thing, it left a huge mark on this show. Now, yeah. I am definitely agreeing with everyone else. I get it. This is an experiment, but you signed up for this, and the experiment was you're going to have a wife. You're going to be a husband. Mm-hmm. You have got to have your wife's back. Yes, and also, why would someone that is supposed to be supporting you, supporting this marriage, be trying to create a riff? Mm. This, you should be insulted that someone that you value so much is not valuing you and your relationship and this experience you are trying to have. Eris again tries to downplay it by saying, you know, my cousin Felina gives 0% mm. care of my relationship or my marriage. I'm like, this is a lot of action for not giving a fuck. That's a lie. Absolutely. The, she had a lot to say for someone that doesn't care. Come on. I do like that Jasmine wouldn't back down. The moment Mac tried to back up Eris, she said it in a much nicer way, but she's really saying, <laughs> can you shut the fuck up? Exactly. <laughs> don't defend him. Eris says that he took his cousin's side because he wasn't hearing all of it. He heard a half version and that he has a long history with his cousin. Talking about Jasmine, Kevin says... You knew her long enough to know that she looked like she worked a 16-hour shift. Jasmine, being the wonderful person she is, says, And you knew me enough to say I wasn't strong. Like, you thought you knew me enough. 
So he had a lot of opinions and a lot of assumptions as someone you've known for 48 hours. And they're pretty negative. Do you think at this point he already kind of knew this isn't for me? Absolutely. He knew when he was clapping his hands down the aisle, which is absurd. Like should have never been cast. Eris apologizes on behalf of him and his cousin, which really doesn't mean anything. We cut to a segment of just Jasmine and Eris without the rest of the cast. Kevin says, let's cut to the chase. What was the problem? I like this. I like cutting to the chase. Let's stop fluffing, fluffing it up. It, that's what we got all season. Eris says, I think out of respect for her and myself, we've had some private conversations and we're going to leave it at that. Something I should have mentioned in the beginning of the episode is that I do think Kevin is doing a great job. He's a fun host. Leading and asking questions and even poking when people sort of yes. don't want to answer or asking in an alternate way to sort of try to get more information out of someone. I think he's doing a great job. I wonder, I mean, it's got to be so personal that he just doesn't even want to mention it on screen. What's better, saying it this way or not saying anything at all? Well, you can, they mentioned that they talked about it privately. Mm -hmm. So Jasmine's already aware of what it was. And for their situation, I think it's better if they leave it at that. But now it leads us to speculate on Mm -hmm. so many different, like, what is it? Is it how thin she is? Her height? Is it her hair? Is it teeth? Is it a lip size? Like, what, what is this thing that was just apparently a deal breaker? When we look at Jasmine, we think, she looks like an amazing wife. Like, I don't understand how you could be turned off by someone so fast. Well, and then I will always go back to, well, then you shouldn't have been on the show. If, if a look, I mean this to anyone, if, if looks are that important, you don't need to be on this show. Oh, 100%. I mean, it leads to tire fires like what we've seen in the past <laughs> and what we see now. But, you know, marriage is so much more than that. We talk about this, I feel like, every episode. So in this specific situation, though, is it best to just get a divorce then? This guy saying, I'm not into it, I'm never going to be into it. Or do you keep trying? Is it worth even trying to convince them? Because I always give people a hard time when they just immediately quit. But then I'm like, "Eh, I mean, I don't know. As a fan... Yeah, we want them to keep going. We don't want a bunch of couples to just call it quits. And now you're, I mean, the season's essentially over. And I think I'm sure they're heavily swayed to keep going. But if like Eris, he he knew immediately, like, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. And Jasmine mentions that he talked about this with me. He didn't lead me on to say, oh, there's a chance. He pretty much probably said, like, we're just going to be friends. Like, we're not, I don't have those feelings and I don't see them, you know, ever being a thing. But then you, you question, what is the point of staying on this show? Mm-hmm. Like You're not really doing what you're supposed to be doing as far as forming a relationship, forming a good marriage. Yeah. Now I'm just assuming as a shitty fan sitting on my couch watching at home that you're just doing this to keep getting paid. Kevin continues to push and then brings up a beautiful moment. I'm so thankful for this. He brings up Serena Williams and Daya and things that Eris has said during his interview about both of these women. Eris has the nerve to say, I never said that. Kevin, roll the clip. It's uh, what did it say? The tail of the tape. (laughs) 
And Kevin got it right on the money. Not even exaggerating. Word for word, it is what Eris said about Serena Williams and Zendaya. Well, Kevin's been doing his homework. He took some notes down. <laughs> he, he came ready. Possibly more uh, homework than the experts, might I add. Just saying. I'll leave oh, it at that. Gosh, why can't we have a sounder <laughs> when we play like the, oh, meme. <laughs> After this, Eris just says again, he's not going to go into specifics. The attraction wasn't there. Wasn't where I wanted it to be. And that is that. Now, I'm curious if then the show stops them from asking, well, if you knew so early on, why keep going? I think Jasmine, I mean, she really wanted this. She put her all into it. She didn't want to, quote, air fingers, quit. I think that, I mean, if you remember right before she walked down the aisle, she said, this is my one marriage. So I think she thought maybe if there's... An inch of room, she can work with that. What are your thoughts on Jasmine dating someone she's already known? I'm curious about that timeline, by the way. She said, we've known each other for a while. After things happened, he messaged me. And I'm like, when was this shot? When was that date shot? When was this reunion shot? Because how would he know? I'm not sure. I'm just, I guess I'm more gauging on... You've had these prior or you know, previous relationships. They didn't work for whatever reason. Now, after the show, you're jumping back into one of those relationships. I guess I was thinking, what are your thoughts on going that route versus finding someone new? Oh, I think it's great because they didn't. I don't think they dated before. She said we've known each other. We were like mm-hmm. in the same group of friends. They okay. met in college. I think having a base level, you kind of know if you may be interested in this person versus like needing to learn every little thing about this person. Sure. It's kind of more familiar, I think. And that might be nice to have after this situation. And she says they're happy. Like they're fully together. They're happy. It sounds really nice. I need to see cute photos. Maybe her Instagram's open. We'll have to go check. Jasmine and Eris talk about how on the honeymoon that Jasmine found out that he slept with a mutual friend of theirs 10 days before they got married. She says it put things into perspective for me. He has a type and that's not me. Jasmine and this friend must be polar opposites. Eh, Probably. Now I'm curious if that's from a looks. Is that from a personality perspective, a character? Like what? how they dress what what is it i think it's all surface level and looks i don't think eris got much more than that jasmine says that we prepared for this differently i was ready to be a wife we see an, another never before seen moment where eris says that in like 20 years he'd be really down for an open marriage and he's just saying shit to say shit because it's been a long day he's tired I'm, why not i'm happy kevin cleared that up with eris that he was just trolling us because, I mean, with Eris, it almost seems like anything he says could be true. I know. So, like, all the other stuff, I'm thinking, like, is that also a troll? Like, the things that were kind of, like, out of left field? Like, asking someone what their favorite sex position is. Yeah. Would you really ask them on the regular? Or is this, (laughs) are you tired of filming so you just happen to ask the pastor's daughter while you're filming this question? On, like, day two. Uh, Just to go back just a little bit, Mm -hmm. it still kind of irks me that I believe Clint as well, not just Eris. I'm not going to put just Eris on his own. 
you're going through this process, you're filling out this whole survey thing, you're going to get married, but you're still hoeing around. Like <laughs> that is not the right mentality of I want to be married as one person for the rest of my life. You do. I think my opinion, you have to get into that mindset and start to sort of think about that dream about that envision that of like, wow, one person it's going to be amazing. Like, oh, this is like my forever person. You're not really doing that if you're still in the past in your old ways. I guess the question is then, what is the correct time frame? When do you put that behind you? When do you stop sleeping with people? When do you stop dating? I mean, I would say, I don't know how long the process takes no. of I'm submitting my application mm-hmm. for the show to doing surveys and mm-hmm. now I'm on the show. Is that six months? Is that four months? It's probably like two weeks. <laughs> is, it, yeah, is it two weeks? I'm like, okay, I can forgive you a little bit more, but I don't know. Like, let's say you knew three months out that it was likely, I'm not expecting you to stop three months out, but like start slowing down, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I think that's reasonable. And obviously Definitely not. when you're picked. Well, you know, that would be interesting. And I'm sure it happens is there is this three month window. Let's just say it is. I'm not, I don't know for sure. But in that three month window, you happen to find someone. You probably have to alert them really quickly. Like, hey, I need to get off this show. I found a great person. Oh, that has to be or, a special person then. Or like what most of these folks did is they had to contact their people and say, hey, we can't be doing stuff no more. I'm going on this show. Which would be a bummer because like, what if you dated someone for like a month and you're like, hey, I'm going on this show. Oh, I don't think you should be dating. Like seriously I'm about to be married. So sorry. Oh, and then do not call me after when you get divorced. Don't even. Then Jasmine's friend Adrian comes out and joins them on the couch. And I appreciate her so much. Should not sugarcoat it. A lot of good wisdom here too. Yeah. And she was very honest about how painful it was to see her friend have to try so hard. And... To just have nothing come from it. Along with supporting Jasmine and kind of talking about her experience of watching Jasmine go through this, sexuality between Jasmine and Eris is also brought up. Adrian talks about how she just thinks Jasmine would have been down, like totally fine, but just on camera. She's a mentor. She works with little girls. She didn't want to like put that out there. And I feel like that's completely reasonable. No, I 100% agree. But again... That's another knock towards Ares because we're talking about a 40-year-old man <laughs> that can't connect these dots yeah. or probably shouldn't be asking this coach of young women, young ladies, girls, mm-hmm. what's your favorite sexual position? Like, dude, that's not cool. The pastor's daughter. Like, wh- what are you doing? Like, you know I coach young kids. Like, I can't just be doing this on TV. He's been there, done that, got the t-shirt. He's working on the next t-shirt. One thing that was very powerful when Adrian made the connection to Felina and how Felina was sort of judging or not really pushing herself in the relationship, but just making it known how strong her opinions were of Jasmine Mm -hmm. was that this is a loved one for me. I'm going to support them no matter what. Yeah. And, and then she mentions essentially like, I'm damn sure not using this platform to put your relationship down. And I was like, yeah, I was like, you know, my finger snaps, finger snaps, finger snaps. <laughs> it's just so disrespectful to you and your relationship. And it, that person is not, I don't know if you want that in your life. Now, here's a theory. Eris mentions he likes a strong person mm-hmm. or someone who's, you know, 100% loves themselves, believes in themselves. It almost seems like 
what if the thing was just Jasmine's personality as far as like how she carries herself, who she mm. is, but, but then his type is more a Felina type, not, 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 not like by looks, but by like the way that she carries herself and being so brutally honest and just in people's business where you shouldn't be. I wonder if that is that type of character is who he gravitates towards. Uh, maybe you can have it. I mean, I mean, as far as how ride or die he was for his cousin, it seems like that might be just that personality. Maybe Felina has a best friend that she gets along super well and they're very similar and they can ride off into the sunset together. At the end of this segment, Eris says that he is volunteering, that Jasmine taught him to bring his passion into what he does. So he is trying to do that more often versus being a robot and just live day to day. Jasmine says she's continuing to mentoring and she wants to open a spa. She has a boyfriend. Friend boy is now her man. And it's going really well. We do find out that Jasmine was the one that asked to blur his face on the date. So it's not like a big red flag conspiracy thing. I had an issue with, okay, clearly Eris is not the one for Jasmine. Mm -hmm. And he's done it earlier in the season as well as like talking about her future and, you know, you're going to be a great mom and you're going to find your person. And I feel like when he mentions that, she kind of gets sad. It's probably sad because you went on the show to have that. To start that process of your happily ever after. And nothing came from it. So you're back to where you were. Are we done with them? Yeah. Great, uh, great segment. Now on to Chris and Nicole. Spoiler, they're still together. I mean, they couldn't create any drama between them. We had to go back to random times <laughs> where they did funny stuff or things Nicole thought would be funny, but kind of backfired. Yeah. Not but, great. I mean, what is there to say? They're doing great. They've had little to no arguments. They're probably having random arguments that every single couple has well, yeah. about random shit, but you know, I'm happy for them. They seem to be doing great. All the dogs are together. All the dogs seem like they bond really well. Nicole's dad seems to be super. Isn't that weird how that happens? It's kind of like my relationship with your dad, like how that happens. BFFs. Yeah, like, isn't that weird? <laughs> Leon's trying to go over there and hang out with my dad without me. He's like, you can stay home. <laughs> it's like, yeah, your dad's helping me with this thing. You want to come? And she's like, eh. I'm like, okay, <laughs> I'll, I have things I'll, to I'll do. just go. <laughs> we see the most brutal, wonderful, beautiful flashback of Kevin saying, Nicole's going to drive him crazy. And I definitely saw this opinion throughout the season. Kevin backed it up a little bit, said he doesn't think that anymore. But I mean, I still think it's a possibility. <laughs> Nicole told Kevin that he was being pretty judgy, did not have enough information, and that he didn't know that Chris can handle a lot more than it seems. But should he have to? Yeah, you made this point while we were watching it live. I don't know. I mean, Nicole knows her faults and it seems like she makes it pretty clear to someone that wants to be in a relationship with her of like, I do have these faults. Like you got to be ready. Mm, 
I I always am like, is that the right attitude to have? You're like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. You got to deal with it. It's who I I am. I do appreciate how upfront and honest she is about it. Because if you do want to check out, you'd be like, yeah, this isn't for me. I guess. Then it's not for you and you check out. All right. We talk about the dinosaur incident. It. I'm glad she has come to the realization that it was a bit cringy. It was maybe not the best time. We also find out why Clint was so annoyed. It's because the entire group was waiting for them to help with breakfast. The only question I had from this segment was, did they know they were supposed to go help with breakfast before they put on those suits? She claims that she didn't know that they were waiting. I feel like somebody would have told you like, hey, can you help us with breakfast? And they would have known, but it was just so stupid. But it's <laughs> it was so dumb. But isn't that kind of common sense when you're on a group vacation? Yeah, but it, the other part of it was like it just wasn't funny. No, like what were we doing here? Like maybe if we were joking around, haha, having a good time, you're like, boom, dinosaur. That's a little bit like you know. You know when it would have been the appropriate time to break out at the party. Yeah, like, boom. We're we're, we're in eighties outfits now. The dinosaur is wearing neon shirts. Like, like man, know. we're <laughs> packing, getting ready to leave. What the hell are you doing in a dinosaur costume? Yeah. She does admit it though. Maybe not the greatest. Probably a regret in her marriage. <laughs> And we do see an, a clip of them later on, like lightsaber fighting. And I also was like, that that makes me uncomfortable. Not in a weird way. I'm just like, it's kind of cringy. But hey, if they're happy, that's what matters. It's not it was, my relationship. I thought it was funny that we didn't even try to mention the pineapples. Oh, <laughs> there's only so much we can handle. <laughs> They tried to make this scene seem super dramatic and then like go to a commercial break, but it felt very maybe normal, a normal conversation they would have. Nicole says that she gets easily upset over little things all the time, but that she gets over it. Chris says, yeah, sometimes she just needs space, but he better be reading that correctly. Remember, she only needs space sometimes. You better be asking her if she's okay. Mm, I missed that. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe he's not reading that right. Chris says she is definitely opinionated and I'm open-minded. So it's a bit of an adjustment. And then it was like, dun, dun, dun. And I was like, really? <laughs> like right there? <laughs> Honestly, I, I really like them. I, I hope, you know, I hope it lasts years and years. I hope they, they show us the baby pics, as Kevin said. Uh, you know, I just wish them, you know, positivity, health, and love. Like, just keep it going. Exactly. Like, something positive out of this season like please (laughs) keep going the topic of kids comes up and they both agree not right now it's not a great time but they'll revisit it in about a year when they can get into a house but me being kind of the jerk i am just thought like oh chris will never look at a house like we're just gonna be in this apartment forever because it's not a big deal we're not rushing that drove me crazy because it's myself it is me We just had this incident trying to shop for a bed. I was there like, was I, more I was like, to it I'll than buy that. this bed right now. And you're like, eh, well, hmm. So Leon takes it out. Our bed is currently on the floor. We're roughing it. Leon wanted to buy a bed that I thought was too expensive. Like, I'm fine with an Ikea bed. I'm not, I'm not bougie. I'm not picky. You guys know I am frugal. Mind you, the bed that broke was an Ikea bed. It had a good life. 
I that's what okay when I'm getting an Ikea bed this isn't something okay, I'm passing a, down to my yes, children it had an almost 10 year life that's good but, and it was used but, when we got it but maybe the next one would have like a 30 year life mm, I guess but it's only it's three times the, the life only twice the cost hmm makes you oh, think oh no that but, wait mm, which bed well no no sir Okay, so the issue was we need a new bed. The bed's currently on the floor. Leon wants to get this very fancy Japanese bed where all of the pieces fit together. There's no hardware, all of this fancy stuff. And I'm like, I don't need that. That's super expensive. Like, I'm just a frugal gal. And so what was I? So I was real hands off during the rest of the conversation. I was like, if you feel like we should spend that, go (laughs) ahead. Like, it's fine. I was talking to Ellie last night and I mentioned because Ellie and I come from very very humble beginnings yeah like when i was a kid i moved around a lot Mm -hmm. and ellie didn't move around a lot but like they would you even consider yourself middle class when you were young (laughs) no 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 like yeah humble beginnings on both ends humble beginnings like yeah for sure and i told her i'm like you know why this is a thing it's because you think you don't deserve nice things I'm just not willing to spend the money on nice things. (laughs) Right. And then in the back of your mind, you're like, no, because I need to like take care of all of my money. Yeah. I can't spend my money. We must hoard it. Right, right, right. It's got to go in the bed. The money's in the bed. Put it in the mattress. (laughs) And I was like, we got to get, got to get over that. You deserve nice things. I'm like, this bed, it go to your kids. And like, (laughs) I was doing all kinds of talking to try to get this bed. And I was like, just do it at your interview. We ended up not getting that one. We got something somewhere that was like a third cheaper, which is nice. It was, it was a nice. And uh, it, I think it's honestly better than the original one. It probably is. And this is what we call <laughs> compromise. It is. We eventually got there. We also need new kitchen appliances, which will go through the same. Oh, for sure. Same we'll, saga. For we'll, sure. Yeah, it'll be a we don't for need sure. it. We need it. Yeah. So <laughs> that'll be an interesting one that will take weeks, I'm sure. We got like. OG appliances from when this house was built. And it, I'm like, it's a little rough. We could, <clears throat> we could update. Going back to Chris and Nicole, though, this was probably one of my least favorite segments in the entire show was bringing in dad on Nicole's cell phone. We were holding up a cell phone on a major network TV show, cable network TV show. Why did we not have this set up with the show? Why was he not on a screen? Why was he not on a screen near the stage? We really had this girl call her dad on her cell phone. Devil's advocate. I do like how it did feel a little bit more dynamic, a little bit more real. Like, oh, we're breaking into real life. Like, just call your dad. Versus Mm. something, for example, on... 90 day where they'll have someone's like head on like the big screen. That's what I wanted. That's, but is it because you're used to that? That's okay. I guess it looks a little bit more professional. That's what it is. But yeah, I mean, it would have really gone south if Nicole's dad just didn't answer. We could have, yeah. We could have just said, I feel like it was like set up anyway. So why didn't we do it like a professional way? Like, oh, and here we have Nicole's dad joining us. Boop. Clap, 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 clap. Nicole's dad said that he has never had a problem with Chris, despite what is shown on the show, and that he does, in fact, have BDE, Hmm. in case you were all very worried about that. Hmm. The next segment is of all the ladies. They say there is a group chat. They're all four new best friends. They're having a great time. 
I am a tiny bit surprised that everyone agrees that Nicole is like the one to go to, the expert, best in relationships, knows how to handle everyone. Like, I don't personally view her as that. Like, I think she's a fine person. She's probably a great friend. But to say she's like essentially one of the experts is wild. She has just as much experience as all of you have being married. You know, I think I've seen this before in someone. It's one of these situations where, let's say I was a coach, like, oh, I can, I, or whatever, some kind of instructor, like, oh, I can teach you everything and, you know, all things about this topic, but it's different. Like, oh, I can't help myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel like that's what Nicole or that a trait she has where, yes, I can't pick the best partners, you know, my past relationships, mm-hmm. but I can damn sure give people all the deeds of things to avoid because of all the shit shows I've been a part of. I suppose, but man, I don't know. I don't, I just don't see her being that person for me. Maybe that's what's bugging me. You know, it's funny. I wish we did betting odds and it's just a random (laughs) thought of on the reunion who would be the first person to talk and my God, those Nicole odds would have been so high. Yeah. Yeah. I was trolling. I was like, and guess who spoke first? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that bugs me, but like every group situation, it's like Nicole and Chris have to be like the, like what you said, like the experts. I'm like, can we stop? Yeah. Because we're all in the same boat. Our previous relationships are shit and they didn't work out. We can't be making one couple of the experts. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I personally don't know if I would go to them for advice. We get a clip of Jasmine breaking down when she was talking to all the other women during the show. We then cut to Jasmine here presently on the couch and she is also tearing up. She says that it makes her emotional because it's sad to see herself that way. Like the life is being sucked out of her. That's so sad. All the girls kind of rally around her and talk about how strong she is and how great she is. We cut to Gina and she says it's cool to see it back and to see how resilient she is. I was like, is that really cool? Is it cool to see your friend crying and have to see them have to be resilient to see them have to move on from that? I don't know. I'm going to pick out a Gina all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> so her being like, that's, that's cool to see. I'm like, your friend breaking down, that's cool. I'm probably being too harsh, but <laughs> that's what went through my mind. I think you just have a, a tender spot for Gina, so... A hardened spot. What, really. Whatever, whatever <laughs> viewers listening at home, viewers, anyone listening at home, whatever Ellie says about Gina, a bucket of salt. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. I can admit that. <laughs> I would meet Gina in real life and we would be get along fine. Uh, no. Maybe. I feel like I can get along with anyone. Maybe. That's true, but. <laughs> mm. Kevin shows the ladies a clip of the guys kind of talking about their life after D-Day and Clint and Eris talking about having sex. Gina says, clearly you can see why I wouldn't want to jump his bones. No one asked you. No one literally, no one cares your opinion on him. I'm curious, what is your gauge with what the community feels about Clint? As far as either Reddit or Twitter. Oh, they're fans. So, this is like, we all agree that this was like the biggest turnaround. We really didn't like him at the start of the season. And we're, we all admit that we have I, turned around. I think around. at some point, Gina's going to realize that she's the only one who doesn't like Clint. <laughs> Maybe. 
I think even then she'd be like, well, I'm the only one that really knows him. Oh, I mean, Clay is very apparent of who his personality is, yeah. his quirky jokes, his corny jokes in some ways, but that's who he is. And I think he had a great, like, essentially a glow up on the show. Yeah. I, I think he's better than when he started the oh, show. I think he's way better. I think who we're seeing now is more of who he actually is versus who we saw at the beginning. Maybe he wasn't comfortable. Maybe he thought he needed to express himself the ways he did, but I'm not a fan. <laughs> so way better now. We move on to Clint and Gina's section, but the whole start of this was just talking about the friend zone. Actually, the majority of this segment was talking about the friend zone and how like, why didn't it work? This is so crazy. This is the only time I've ever seen this. We also get very random clips of Clint and Gina talking about kind of how bad their travel days were. Like, I didn't need any of that. I didn't need to see them. We already knew about why they had Jamaica clothes, the delayed flight, the lost bag, the getting lost during the hike. I just didn't feel like we needed it again on a reunion. Now, again, they don't mention Gina's side of the story of how she impacted their relationship. I get it. Clint said what he said. Not the right time or place. Whatever he wanted to voice, it kind of just came out wrong. He did apologize. He's apologized profusely a lot. I mean, I think he's apologized like six times by now, like full on <laughs> apologies. Whereas what you mentioned all the time is that Gina's never done that to where Clint said like, yeah, I did feel offended by you calling me a ginger. Mm-hmm. Like that wasn't cool. And she's like, oh, I didn't know that was offensive. I'm like, doesn't matter if you didn't know it's offensive. I'm telling you it's yeah. offensive. No, Yeah. She's just like, that's not offensive. I'm like, I'm telling even, okay, take out the offense word. Say, I didn't like being called that. Sure. And she goes, well, it's fine. She's like, yeah, <laughs> too bad. I'm like, well, it's not how that works. Too bad. I called you less slender. Yeah. Like it's, and he didn't even say that. Now I get what Kevin's saying is they look like a great couple. Like this looks like a picture. Like it looks they amazing. They do look like a good but couple. It is, it, it's, it's odd that yes, they do look like a great couple, but their personalities just can't, they just can't mesh. Like it doesn't work. Something that I noticed, which really fucking annoyed me on this reunion. Why are we always speaking in maybes or, oh, I know. or could be, I don't know. Like, are you fucking waiting for like a second sh- sh- uh, show deal or something? Like, why can't you just say no? Like, the fact that he was asking Gina and Clint, like, if it could work, and they were both like, mm-hmm, I don't yeah. know. I'm like, Clint's literally dating someone right now. What are we I fucking know, doing? At the end, that makes no uh, fucking sense. Why did you spend all this time being like, I don't know, you never know, never say never, maybe. I'm like, you're dating someone right now. I know. It, it kind of, so there was a lot of repetition in this segment, and I felt like at the end hearing that, I'm like, we didn't even need to talk about any of that. That just seems so stupid. Like, yeah. w- w- even worse, just to double down on that, you go through all that and Clint's like, oh, yeah, I'm engaged. So, yeah, that's this is clearly not going to work because mm-hmm. I'm getting married. Like, it was just it was dumb. One part I did like, though, is when Kevin asked Clint if he put in enough effort to woo Gina. He said he put as much effort in as he could at that time. And then, like, kind of said that Gina really wasn't trying. And I enjoyed that. <laughs> His wording was interesting. The most I could at that time. I think both of them were just in this headspace where they just couldn't see themselves working. So it's almost like if I can't see that image, how much effort am I really going to try to put in? 
And if you're getting no results, are you really like, well, how much are you going to put in? I mean, Clint, Clint mentions it's actually twofold. One, he mentions before that Gina's always on her phone. Yes. But then two, he's saying, I'm trying to open up to you. And then Gina's like, oh, like, I didn't realize that was like a big deal. I'm like, well, probably because oh, you're I on your that. Probably because you're on your phone or probably because you're not really paying attention. I hated that when she said, oh, well, I didn't realize when he was trying to talk about something small that was him trying to open up so i would just say like oh cool but even the way she words that isn't it oh, so dismissive when, when you were talking about something so small i'm like but that wasn't small to him exactly and that was the start of the conversation he, he even words it as i'm telling her about something that really impacted me when i was younger mm-hmm. I, I believe that's what he said yes and then she says something so small i'm like wait that's totally counter to what he just said yeah You are dismissing his statement. Yep. And imagine talking to someone like that because me and you are both very engaging conversationalists. So when we talk to people, we make sure we expand on what they're trying to tell us, expand on their ideas or their feelings or whatever it is. And so to have someone literally do the opposite and just respond at you, that's weird. So I think I think we take it a little too far. Maybe. Because... (laughs) You know, we're like like most people, we're fans of this culture or, uh, for example, Bourdain's a good example of no reservations of how he communicates with people of a community and really asks some questions about their community, how they grow up, food, the culture. So I think when we meet someone, we want to get to that level of getting to know someone. But I think to some people, they're not used to that. And almost like, are you like, it's like too deep. That's true. Too deep of questions to be asking when really you're like. I am just interested because everyone has a story to tell. Like, what is your story? But I feel like not everyone is ready for that. But even saying like not responding feels like you're just such a bad conversationalist. Mm -hmm. Like even on the most bare bones level of being able to continue a conversation. Because if someone is telling you something that you're not interested in, the response being like, okay, or cool. Like you just killed the yeah, conversation. Exactly. Like exactly. even if you don't want to go deep, you can say something to keep the conversation going. And she would not do that. Even in that tiny two sentence response, you can tell that's how those conversations went. And I think from Gina's perspective, very early on, even with the incident, probably wasn't into Clint. So in her mind, she's also like, well, yeah, I gave it my best effort for the amount of attraction I had towards Clint. Like, that's all I'm going to give him. I gave my best effort for someone I never want to talk to again. <laughs> One last thing with them is I loved when Kevin brought up that the day after decision day also brought up the fact that Clint is a redhead because Clint said her and Gina must have gotten together. You hate redheads. I have someone for you. <laughs> and in the end, Gina says that this has solidified for her that she is ready to get married. What about it? Like what <laughs> that you knew a guy that doesn't work for you, so you're totally in it now? She knows that if this person's not a redhead, she'll give it a fair shot. She will keep the a conversation going. I don't know. I time, no time reflection. Will tell. Time will tell and we'll see if that's legitimate. Kirsten and Shaq join the stage for their segment, and I would like to point out that they're almost matching. Both yellow, different shades of yellow. But would you match someone you hate? There's no way in hell I'm going to be matching with someone I said no to on divorce day. 
was it a coincidence? I think not. I think it's just too like odds of both of you picking yellow. I don't know. But again, the same weird thing with Gina and Clint of like, could this have worked out? I don't know. Maybe I'm like, why are we doing all of this? Maybe thing? Just say yes or no. So catching up with their lives, Kirsten is traveling and Shaq is back in therapy. And I thought Shaq had good responses. He talked about what he's working on, what he realized in this process. But some of his reactions later on in the segment, I realized that like, mm, I don't know if he's fully reflecting because the fact that we spent the whole last part of this segment talking about needs and how she's not meeting needs. I don't think he's reflecting on like truly what his needs are because I don't, I still don't know what they are. What are they? He says support. We can't define support though. I think the way Kirsten described it as like, I'm doing like household duties. I'm doing laundry. Like I'm doing all these Mm -hmm. things to support someone. Uh, I'm cooking. Although you called her out and were like, (laughs) you are not fucking cooking. Kirsten, stop. That's a lie. Love you, Kirsten. That's a lie. Okay. (laughs) Those takeout boxes. I'm hearing that. And I think, God, did the travel, was it really that big of a deal for him? Because from the definition, it seems like, yeah, you're doing all the right things to support someone. You're making sure they turn in their homework, which to me was kind of which to me was kind no. of odd considering you're someone going for a PhD. There's no way in hell I'm fucking reminding you to no. turn in your goddamn homework no. when you're going for a PhD. Is he looking for a second mother? What does this dude want? Because I gave Kirsten a very hard time this season because of what we saw. I didn't think she was like that supportive or that, I mean, nurturing, but like I didn't. I saw where there could have been more, but I didn't think it was that bad. Do you get where I'm coming from? Like, I just, I just think Shaq, no, I see what you mean. I think Shaq, when he has a partner, he might be the one where he's like, I need all of you. Like, I need as much time as I can from you. While equally not giving that to someone else. I don't want to go as far as (laughs) call him like a leech, but it's not like that. It's like he really needs that person in his life. I don't know who that could be. Like there's people have their own lives. People have their own interests. I mean, you can't expect someone to be like, I now do nothing but serve you. And that cannot be the expectation. So either, either two things are going to happen. Either Shaq's going to realize where he was in the wrong and sort of tone down his expectations of like, just, I don't know, just how much is enough or he'll just realize Yeah, like Kirsten was really doing a great job. I just feel like he's so far from that. So Shaq says that they needed more time together, given his work, his schooling, filming. They needed more time together. Kevin says, you decided not to have more time together. And that is completely accurate. He, I mean, it's corny. We make fun of it every season. Yes to more time. But why would he think this is it? So Shaq says he didn't know it was going to be a no on decision day. A prophet talked to him, someone from his PhD program. This prophet said that there's going to be some important decisions coming into your life and that it is okay to be selfish. And Shaq ran with that. Uh, I'm gauging Shaq here. And he puts, okay, it, You know, when people go to university or whatever, and, you know, realistically, you only spend four years there for the most part, like everyone, unless you're doing some advanced stuff. 
But then it's like your whole identity becomes that university, the sports teams, your friends, the gatherings. Like well after that, I'm like, you only spent four years there. Like most of your life is not hey, there. It's formative years. But then with Sh- right, but then with Shaq, it's almost like this bubble of higher education is like his whole world. Mm-hmm. So much that some person who is weird that they call themselves a prophet. I want to know who that person is and what. Do they call themselves that? Did Shaq give him that title? Like that is a big deal to be calling someone. Is that. this someone at the university that's more like like a like a religious leader? Yes, that, that's what it was. Excuse me, that's what it was. Yeah. So, oh, okay, I get that. But would you base your life on what this person said that has only known you for this fraction of time? No, but then I wouldn't. I myself wouldn't put that much weight in that experience. What do you mean with the like, with the profit or with the the profit okay. and that that whole this whole just how much we kept getting this whole season of like I'm getting my doctorates I'm going to school I'm traveling for this I'm doing presentations like profit at my school thing I'm like okay dude I get it you're going to this thing that's not your whole life that's not who you're going to be forever like you're putting too much value in what's going on right now versus like if you clearly didn't listen to the prophet of like, I didn't put that much weight into it. You could have said yes on decision day. I just don't see why he doesn't trust his own feelings and own judgments. He Mm. like, you are depending on this outside force that has no idea about what you've experienced with this other person. Like what is What if this prophet Matt Kirsten was like, yeah, you're an idiot. You should definitely stay with this person. Yeah. Or I mean, has not seen the show like nothing. It's no reference, just what Shaq may have told them. It's just a strange reason to give. Hmm. I would respect more if he said it, anything else, essentially. Anything from himself versus trying to put it, saying like, oh, someone told me it's time to be selfish. What does that Something mean? Something else to think about is that, why didn't you go to your family for their yeah. opinions? You put this individual's opinion over your family. Yeah, who has... It wasn't even mentioned. Like, what does your what does your mom think about Kirsten? Also, for him to say he didn't know it was no until they sat on the couch together, isn't that so strange? You had no idea, you had no inkling, leaning no way, but you had this conversation, and then it all clicked as soon as you sit down. Unless this conversation happened the day before decision day, I'm calling BS. I kind of don't buy it either. I think it's just like. I find it almost insulting, so I don't buy it. Like, you really just... Someone else's opinion. Shaq says he felt like Kirsten wanted him to forget about work, school, family, friends, and just wanted it to be Shaq and Kirsten. I mean, you do have to cut out that time for your partner. There are times when you should feel like it's just us. Why is that a bad thing? And he's maintained very similar things like this throughout the season, saying you have to make yourself happy first. You got to enjoy your friends and family and then your partner. Things like this. But that's not how it really is. You integrate your lives and then there are these beautiful moments where it's just you and your partner. And he's fighting that. Like it's a negative. Shaq says that he didn't feel like they were soulmates, which we've heard before and I could go on forever because... Like, who's to say? Like, what if you grow in love with this person and it's an amazing relationship? 
It's like a hundred percent all or nothing. If it's not, if we're not madly in love, can't eat, breathe, sleep without each other, but then it's nothing. He mentions that before, right? Like it has yeah. to be a hundred percent or else, which I don't agree with because even let's say if it was 70%, 75%, like, man, there yeah. is, there's a good chance that we can be something. And you would throw it away. Isn't that crazy? Shaq again brings up that he needed support and that they weren't able to enjoy each other. Kristen explains that's exactly why she wanted more time together and more time with him. She says that this was supposed to be a lifetime, an extension of those eight weeks. Can I point out that everything Kristen said was like exactly on the money? Like she explained herself really well. And I felt like Shaq was kind of everywhere and trying to place blame on different things and just like... He's not really making sense because he's saying, well, yeah, we needed more time, but I squashed that. Constantly contradicting himself. In the end, Shaq says that he would do what the experts asked of him, but he didn't feel like he was good enough for Kirsten, that he couldn't make her happy. Kirsten mentions that even in their relationship, it was a lot of second guessing yourself. Mm -hmm. And he just wasn't sure. And it, I, you know, it shows in decision day. I mean, he even admits it now, like, yeah, I probably should have said yes. Yeah. I think Kirsten is hard to please, and she maybe didn't make it the easiest at times. But I mean, I think at the end there, I think there was a progress. The episode ends with Kevin asking Shaq, do you regret your decision? And then it goes to black. On the next time on, we see lots of messiness. And I think we're going to get kind of the meat of this reunion next episode we're here we're here everyone give yourself a round of applause you made it this was the longest season but we're here we're enjoying it get the last bit of it one more to go one more to go thank you all for joining us for this episode thank you all so much and we'll see you all soon take care